In 2017, the world was gifted the greatest showman. Even if you haven't seen the film starring Hugh Jackman, you might have heard some of the songs, including the hit single, This Is Me. There are some great lessons to learn about identity, diversity and inclusion in the film, and if you haven't seen it, I'd really recommend giving it a watch. The song, From Now On, is a turning point for the main character. After the highs of success and fame, Barnum loses everything. His livelihood, his friends, his family. And he realises that some of the reasons this has happened is because of himself and his actions. He neglected things that were important to him. And so he sings from now on to let his friends and family know that things are going to be different. They weren't how they're meant to be. He needs to change. He makes a promise to be different from now on. Now, if that's a spoiler for you, I'm sorry, but you've had three years to watch it. But if we now turn to our Bible reading in Exodus, we find another from now on moment. This time for the Israelites. God recognises that things aren't how they're meant to be. The Israelites, his people, they're captive, they're suffering in Egypt. Something needs to change, so he makes a promise that things will be different from now on. And so we read in Exodus 12. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. He's basically saying things are going to change. This is a new year, a new chapter in your story. And what follows is his detailed instructions for Passover, the night that God sent that final plague, a final judgment on Egypt. If the Israelites sacrificed a lamb and smeared its blood on their door frames and then ate the roasted lamb with bread made without yeast and bitter herbs, death would pass over them. The Egyptians would be so afraid of God's judgment that Pharaoh would finally set the Israelites free. This is the outworking of God's ancient promise, his covenant to the people of Israel, when he said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. God references this covenant in Exodus 6 after Pharaoh refuses to let the Israelites go. I have heard the groaning, groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. And then God explains his three-staged response. Firstly, in verse six, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. Secondly, in verse seven, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Thirdly, in verse eight, I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Passover is how God does these three things. So verse six, God says, I will redeem you. The Israelites were oppressed people, 
but from Passover, from then on, they were liberated. They were free. Verse 7, God says, I will claim you as my own people. They were rejected as foreigners and immigrants in Egypt, but from Passover, from then on, they were welcomed back into God's family. They were chosen, they belonged. Verse 8, God says, I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. They were suppressed, they were held back, but from Passover, from then on, they had an inheritance to look forward to. They were commissioned and sent with purpose to reach the promised land. But Passover wasn't just about freedom from Pharaoh and Egypt. Yes, that was definitely covered, but God also freed the Israelites from themselves. The judgment that was coming for the Egyptians was also coming for the Israelites. But God offered a way out, an escape. The Passover lamb sacrificed to redeem his people. They needed saving from themselves because they had forgotten who God was. If you remember when Moses encountered uh, the burning bush, he asked God what his name is. And God has to say two times, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. It's as if God is saying, like, don't you remember who I am? The Israelites had become accustomed to the Egyptian culture where they worshipped many gods. I don't think it's a coincidence, it's definitely not a coincidence, that every plague attacked an Egyptian god, it was like an insult. And then when we go to the first of the Ten Commandments, we read, you shall have no other gods but me. So, the night of Passover, the Israelites didn't get the judgement that they deserved. Instead, the Passover lamb, a substitute, died in their place. They were forgiven free from sin. They were welcomed into God's family and they were sent with purpose to the promised land. But we realise that the Israelites, they didn't embrace their new redeemed identity. In Joshua 24, long after Passover, long after the journey through the wilderness, they've set up home in the promised land. Joshua addresses the nation and he says this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in, whom, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The Israelites clearly are still not sure who they want to be. Ultimately, the Passover lamb wasn't enough for them. It wasn't enough for them. We know they kept on having to make sacrifices to make up for their mistakes. But we also know that God, once again, recognising that things were not as they were meant to be, intervenes. This time he came to be one with us through Jesus. Now, the picture you're about to see has got to be one of the most famous images of Jesus and his disciples. Here they are celebrating Passover. We know it as the Last Supper. I don't know about you, but this image kind of makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable in the days of social distancing. And clearly others have felt this too and they've done something about it. So here we have the Last Supper with face coverings. The Last Supper 
we're two meters between the disciples and Jesus. And here's the Last Supper via Zoom. When in Luke 22, Jesus takes and breaks the bread made without yeast and says, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when he says this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you, his body and blood replace the bread and the blood of the lamb at the first Passover. The things that were offered as an escape and gave the Israelites their new redeemed identity. These things are replaced by Jesus' death. He becomes the way out of slavery. And we know that this time it was once and for all because Jesus overcame death. He broke the chains that kept us captive in this cycle of sin. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, the Passover experience becomes permanent. A new covenant was formed from now on forever. So what does this mean for us? First of all, we have a choice. At that first Passover, God gave the Israelites instructions, but it was up to them to follow them, to claim their new identity. We too are faced with a choice to accept Jesus, our substitute, and his offer of forgiveness and reconciliation. Have you accepted this offer? this offer of freedom from suffering we see around us and within ourselves, this offer of welcome, of belonging in God's family, this offer of purpose, this inv invitation to be sent on an adventure and a journey of faith that will lead us to a promised land, that will lead us to heaven, to eternity with God. Secondly, the Last Supper invites us to share God's offer of forgiveness and reconciliation with others. The act of participation is central to the adventure and the journey of faith we are sent on. When Jesus breaks the bread and blesses the wine, he says, do this in remembrance of me. We are invited as the body of Christ to the church to be part of God's salvation mission for the world. General Albert Osborne's words perfectly sum up the challenge that Jesus gives us through the Last Supper. My life must be Christ's broken bread. My love, his outpoured wine. A cup o'erfilled, a table spread beneath his name and sign. That other souls, refreshed and fed, may share his life through mine. Whereas before the Israelites made a sacrifice to be saved, we make a sacrifice because we are saved. Paul in Romans 12 says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find accept acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And thirdly, we know that the Israelites' journey after they were saved wasn't easy and they needed help to stay on track. It's why Jesus had to come and make the new covenant. We'll be exploring the journey in the wilderness in the coming weeks, but it's worth noting now that like the Israelites, we could find ourselves in a wilderness experience after we are saved. 
the pandemic definitely feels like a wilderness experience. Even for those of us who have faith, who know we are free and saved, we face things that can shake us. Health, work, finances, relationships. We're human, we're fragile. We need a helper. And we need to remember that we are New Testament people and we have God's spirit. Paul is a great encourager here. In 2 Corinthians 3, he says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Thanks to Jesus, we can look God in the face, all veils and barriers removed and experience everlasting freedom. And once we've turned to the Lord and start following him, we can call upon God's spirit to help us, to help us thrive in our new identities. We have an encourager to keep us on track and pressing on to be more and more like Jesus every day until we can be with him forever. We may be free by God's grace today, but we can know deeper freedom tomorrow if we let the Spirit make us more like Jesus. We may be welcomed into God's family today, but our sense of belonging may grow deeper tomorrow if we let the Spirit make us more like Jesus. We can be sent with purpose today, but we can discern a clearer vision for tomorrow if we let the Spirit make us more like Jesus. We cannot afford to neglect our faith, our church and the spirit who heals and mould us at this time, a time when the devil will use the greed and suffering around us to turn our heads and tempt us to look and go backwards. So, we have a choice to accept the gift of freedom and allow ourselves to be welcomed into God's family. We have a God-given mission to help others find freedom and belonging in God's family for themselves. And we have the spirit to help us thrive in this new freedom and become more like Jesus. I don't know where you are today. You may be facing the choice to accept the gift of freedom and welcome for the first time. You may be deciding if this is what you want from now on. If that's you, then simply say yes to God, our Father, and his love will fill you with a peace and joy like never before. Perhaps you have said yes to freedom and are part of God's family, but you need the Spirit's help to keep you on track. The pandemic is taking its toll and you want to go backwards, not forwards. If that's you, then come before God today and ask his spirit to soothe, comfort, and protect you. Perhaps you're wondering how we as individuals and a church can find a way through these days and make our vision a reality. How can we bring God's transforming welcome to life when we're being asked to keep social distance? If that's you, then draw hope from Jesus today and his resurrection experience the power, 
that overcame death forever. And that's the note I want to finish on because actually this is something to celebrate. The power of the cross brings everlasting freedom. The power of the cross triumphs over darkness. The power of the cross can be alive in us if we say yes to Jesus. May God bless you today.